Hello and welcome to episode 219 of the Punter Podcast. I'm Chris Barnett. The Nassau Stakes for Phillies is the highlight of Thursday's racing at Glorious Goodwood. Young French handler Christopher Head spoke to me from his parish training base last week about his magnificent filly, Blue Rose Sen, who is favourite for the Group 1 contest. The interview comes up in this episode. The two-year-olds are in action again on Thursday when they line up in the Group 2 Richmond Stakes. City AM Racing Editor Bill Esdale previews all of Thursday's glorious Goodwood action, exploring some of the whirlpool betting markets. So, Bill, we're going to look at Thursday's racing at glorious Goodwood, but we have to look back to Tuesday's results because the City AM newspaper on Tuesday was basically your preview for Tuesday's racing. And in the end, it just turned out to be a results page printed 24 hours in advance because you had Lord Ridderford at 8-1, to one, existent the runner-up at 12s in the Quinella, which paid uh, an 101-something, a ridiculous price. And then you had other really good ones. You had Hartem, one at 9-4. to four. You had the Kinross, Isaac Shelby, Quinella, 10-11, to 5-2. Emily Dickinson would have won a normal Goodwood Cup if they hadn't let Quickthorn whiz off on his own. And just a, a terrific day's tipping. I mean, that was unbelievable. The first three or four races is basically looking at the results instead of a preview. Brilliant stuff. No, no, you're kind. And sometimes it clicks. And that's the, the beauty about doing what we do is you're as good as your last day and you can have a shocker the following day and always forgotten. So it's the hardest game doing this tipping mark and but we got things right Lord Ridderford was great won the race again and, um, he's just and got the good Quinella up in second so that was nice um, yeah. but look, look this, your, your luck changes and Lady Luck was shiny on us on Tuesday whether she does so on Wednesday Thursday Friday who knows but um, it was nice 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 start to the meeting now Thursday's a whirlpool day again so there's lots of options with the Quinella and the, the Swinger and all those kind of unique bets that Whirlpool offer. But what about the weather? You, you're down at Goodwood, as we record this on Wednesday morning, looking towards tomorrow, which is a bit later for us than usual. But we wanted to do it later because of the weather, and it's so changeable at Goodwood. What What's the rain situation like? Yeah, well, they were expecting somewhere between kind of 10 and 15 mils overnight, and they got 6.8 mils moving into Wednesday, where we are now. So it's soft, good to soft in places. Um, but the dark clouds are gathering and they're expecting a lot of wind and rain throughout the race, the day. They haven't really quantified, um, but they're expecting the ground to definitely ride soft, if not heavy in places, come Wednesday evening. And there's rain around on Thursday too, just the occasional shower. Right. Um, but we're basically looking at hard work on Thursday. It'll start to be dry out, but it'll be it'll be um, kind of soft, good to soft at best, really, on Thursday, but probably a lot worse. Right, so obviously we knew the weather was going to be a little bit uh, on the, the rainy side, and that will change things as we look ahead to Thursday's race. And we'll hear from French trainer Christopher Head, who was very kind enough to join me for a good few minutes last week from his uh, Shanti base. We had a good chat about Blue Rose Sen and some other horses as well. Really interesting interview. He's a really nice guy. Took a lot of time to talk to us. So uh, please have a listen to that. That's coming up on this podcast today. And uh, 
hopefully will give us a clue towards his filly that runs in the Nassau Stakes later on on Thursday. Let's have a look at Thursday action then. They start at one fifty, and ITV cover the first four races. A mile and a quarter, it's a handicap, big field of 18. Perfuse, um, he had a chance to run earlier on in the week. And so Michael Stout's chosen this handicap at 150 with Ryan Moore on board. Garden Roots had the wind up a couple of runs ago. That seemed to work. He won at Windsor after that. William Haggis, the trainer. Uh, Alsa Kibb goes for Andrew Balding. Sheen Murphy winning his last two races. Coverdale's in there as well. Uh, so the opener on Thursday, Bill, how did you see that? Yeah, the obvious starting place is definitely profuse um, for the stout more combination. Um, like you said, I had options on earlier in the week, but mile and a half is probably going to stretch him on bad ground. And back to a mile and a quarter on soft and heavy stuff is probably the right route. That's where his his career began um, on soft ground at Pontefract and then was an impressive winner over this distance at Nottingham uh, back in May. So... They stepped him up. He won over a mile and a half for Donny and then went on to Ascot and ran okay. But he kind of stamina ebbed away a bit on, on ground that's probably too quick when he was favourite for that um, valuable um, King George fifth handicap at Ascot. So he's the obvious favourite. Um, he's got to be in the base of any Quinella. Uh, whether he's value at 11 or 4 kind of remains to be seen. I'm, I'd be prepared probably to take him on from a betting point of view, but I'd definitely include him in the Vanilla Perms, because I think he's a very good horse. Um, second in there, Garden Route. We don't know about the ground with him. He's had a wind up, like you said, um, from the Haggis team. They've got a well-fancied one early on on, on Wednesday, so we'll see how that gets on. But um, Perfuse is definitely the, the, the more fancied of those two. Um, I really like a horse here of race back. It's called Promoter. Um, he was one that we actually put up on Derby Day in the big handicap there over a mile and a quarter. Uh, on ground that would have been far too quick. He ran really well behind Torito. It all happened a little bit too fast for him. Um, he's off the same mark, 89. He's back to the ground, I think he wants, which is the soft and softish, heavy, heavy stuff. Um, he ran really well. Um, he beat that racing brakes rider um, last year, last September, on soft ground at Chepstow, um, but then got stuck in the mud at Newbury on really heavy ground when he was behind Knight in the Horace Hill. And that kind of probably pulled the guts out of him a bit. So he's taken a couple of runs to get going this season. Uh, runs off a mark of 89. It's around 12, 14 to 1. I think it's a knocking each way a bit. Uh, I think he'll start half that price, if truth be told. Um, he's drawn out wide, and I don't think that's terrible. I think he can stay out of trouble and then cut across. Um, so I like Promoter. Um, I do like Have Secret of Richard Fahis. Um, uh, we were on him at Ascot, finished fourth each way. Um, I think he's an interesting one from a Cornella point of view. So main selection will be promoter. I'll back him each way. Um, make sure you take a price, um, depending on when you listen to this. Um, and then I'll play him in a Cornella with Perfuse, number five, and number eight, Have Secret. So that's how I play the Whirlpool Cornella. So promoter from, from winning each way purposes on the sportsbook fixed odd side. But for a Whirlpool Cornella, I'll go all the Ps, Perfuse, promoter, and then Have Secret. That's, that's the way I'll play the opener. Okay, that's the open then on Thursday at Glorious Goodwood. At 2.25, it's the six furlong Markle Richmond Stakes, which is a group two for the two-year-old Colts and Geldings with the 11 going to post. Aiden's two-year-olds have not been world beaters, I don't think, so far this year. He's got Unquestionable, who ran really well in a group two, the Railway Stakes, only beating a short head at the Curra last time we saw him 32 days ago. 
with Ryan Moore on board. It's actually in the Alsha cab colours. They've uh, gone in there with Coolmore and Westerberg for Unquestionable. He's the son of Wooden Bassett. We've got Jessor going for Clive Cox, who's won two of his three races. Van Deek for the Christophers, who's won his only race up at Nottingham. Sketch for the Meads. He won his only race over six furlongs at Newbury. And what do we make of uh, Asner, who's now with Alice Haynes? He was the talking horse before Royal Ascot. It all went wrong there. And then he couldn't win at Newbury either. Yeah, his bubble somewhat burst. And, uh, uh, at Sadner, you know, the time people were talking about him being the best two-year-old in town. But um, I think he shuffled down the packing order a bit and was well and truly put in his place last time. Um, unquestionable will be favourite here. He looks the one to beat. He's by Witten Bassett, so the ground should be fine. Um, he, um, he made his debut first time up on soft ground. Uh, over five, it should have been too short behind His Majesty, and then went one well at the Curra, um, and was second just touched off in the shadows of the post of the railway states the last time um, by the Coventry States winner, Bruno Forte. Um, so he, uh, so not Coventry States winner, Coventry States third, Bruno Forte. Um, he, he's listen, he's 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 straightforward. I actually thought that their two-year-old round felt well here on Tuesday. Um, Mountain Bear came there with a winning run, um, didn't get past our selection, Hartem, but. Um, did run better than I thought he would. Um, so I, I think Unquestionable sets the bar pretty high. Um, Chesil, we've got to, he's got to prove whether he handles the ground. Um, Van Dijk was super impressive on his debut, but and the Christmas seemed to be in good form. There was Rayner out that day um, at Nottingham, but this is a big step up. But <laughs> he's got a big reputation um, and cost a whopping 625,000 guineas. So um, he's got a bit of um, repaying to do for his connections to try and get 100 grand of that back. Okay. Van Dijk is probably very smart. Sketches from the, the Freddie and Martin Mee team is, is one from one as well. Um, but it looks wide open. But I think this is going to be a bit of a slog, this race. And I'm prepared to take a chance on Alice's Haynes' second string, Hala Amarati, um, who can be backed at 40 to 1. Um, Tom Marcon rides, Kieran O'Neill normally rides this one, but Hala Amarati is 40 to 1. But unlike lots of these, we'll be fine on the ground was super impressive when he won first time up at Ripon on soft ground. So effective on the surface. Then beat a Royal Ascot winner, Big Ebbs at Redcar. Um, and didn't run bad behind him at um, Ascot last time. Finished behind Killian at Sandown last time, but returned to a softer surface and step up and trip may just help um, this lad. Look, I'm not saying he can win, but I think 40-1 to 1 kind of underestimates him. I think he can run well if conditions are atrocious. So I would look to play him each way at 40 to 1. And then from a Whirlpool Cornelia perspective, um, I'd be tempted to chuck Unquestionable in with him. And then potentially, you know, I was looking at Van Dijk, but he's very short. But probably Bobsleigh, uh, Eve Johnson-Horson's uh, horse, who we, we know is, is talented, won the woodcut at Epsom. Um, ran a rain softened ground over five last time, but definitely wants six these days. Um, I think might just be the forgotten horse around 16 to 1. Um, and that's probably how I play it. Unquestionable, Bobsleigh and Helena Amarati as a, a bit of a whirlpool Cornella in the second. Okay, then at three o'clock, it's a mile and a half. It's the Gordon Stakes. It's a Group Three, just the six of them for the uh, three-year-old Colts and Geldings. Got the fillies in there as well. Should they uh, decide to run, just have a look at out of any fillies in there. No, only Colts in this one. Uh, espionage will be popular. 
again for Aidan O'Brien and Ryan Moore. He's a three-year-old, obviously. He went over to Saint-Claude in France, was beaten in the group one, only beaten ahead into second, then stepped up in trip dramatically to win a listed race at Ross Common by a length and a half. Artistic star for Rafe Beckett and Rob Hornby in the famous Jeff Smith colours. Chess piece, who ran a really decent third behind Gregory in the Group 2 Queen's Vars at Royal Ascot, then was sent all the way up to Hamilton, stepped down, it came down in trip, went all the way to Hamilton and won a race there, a five-runner race, unbelievably went off at evens. You would have thought it would have been odds on having done so well at Ascot, but he wasn't. And Desert Heroes in there for His Majesty the King and the Queen for William Haggis as well. Only the six, Aiden's got a good chance with the two-year-old, has he with the three-year-old as well? Yeah, I mean, don't don't um, dismiss that was a listed race he won at Hamilton that day. Uh, it was their biggest race of the year, 30 grand pot to the winner there. And um, it was a good race. It was a real duel. He dug deep and stamina kicked in and he handled the ground and Chesapeake did it really well. But this is a, this is a fun little race because it's only the, only the, the six runners. Um, look, it's all about espionage here. I thought he'd be a lot shorter. I'm looking across the board. He's 15 to 8. Um, there's money around for chess piece and artistic style. I, I think the money will come for Aiden's espionage. This is a horse that several are touting as a, a potential ledger horse from Bally Doyle. Uh, made his debut on bad ground at Galway and and then one of the Curra on soft ground. But the key is he went to run in that Grand uh, uh, Saint-Claude criterion, the grade one, the group one, I should say, back end of last year on heavy ground. And he was just touched off by Proud and Regal. Um, look, the form hasn't stacked up that much, but he's still second in a in a Group One on very bad ground. Yeah. Um, he reappeared this this year this season in a kind of listed race where he um, he got the job done against his elders. Um, he was a bit workmanlike, but he got the job done. He was favourite that day over a mile and three. Ground would have been plenty quick enough for him anyway. So the return to a rain softened surface, mile and a half. He'll book his t- ticket to Doncaster here. I would have thought. Um, I think he's a strong fancy at 15 to 8. Um, I'm not totally sure Artistic Star stays, um, but he ran well, went seventh in the Derby, ran well in Ascot in the um, King Edward behind King of Steel, but he was kind of backpedaling late on that day, and I'm not sure that he totally sees it out. Um, ground will be fine for him. Um, yeah, beat Torito at Sandown, and that form looks good now. Um, if it was a mile and a quarter, I would give him more of a chance, but I just think he'll get outstayed by Espinage. I think Chesapeake is the one. If you have to play a Quinella, Chesapeake would be the one because I think he's a Dallas Dare and he battles hard. Um, but yeah, I think it's a it's a fascinating contest, but all about espionage for me. Okay, Aiden's got a couple of chances then on Thursday. What about the big race itself at three thirty-five? It's a mile and a quarter. Qatar Nassau Stakes Group One for the Phillies and Mares, a race that's part of the British Champion Series. Bit disappointing that only six are going to turn up for this one, and uh, we'll have a look at the field. It could be even the two horse race, really, with Nashua taking on Blue Rose Sen at the top of the market. Blue Rose Sen looks like she's going to go off the favorite. As I mentioned, I spoke to her trainer, Christopher Head, who's a young trainer from a racing family in France. We spoke to him uh, just last week, in fact, about his horse. And I started off by saying that what a terrific season it's already been for you and your team. It's been a, a tremendous season for us, for the young stable. And uh, we've been lucky to have uh, those horses that actually carry on and 
and makes us uh, better every day. How excited are you and all your staff to have a runner at such a prestigious track and, and, and meeting as glorious Goodwood? For us, it's uh, it's probably one of the best chances that we ever had. So we've been uh, looking forward to, to have runners in, in the UK and Ireland for a long time. And uh, and we can't wait to, to get into it and, and see how gorgeous is the racetrack and, and the atmosphere that you, you have in racing back there. Yeah, it, it is an absolutely gorgeous racetrack. I know Chantilly is very pretty uh, and Longchamp has always been wonderful, but you, you'll be amazed at the views that you'll see when you come over and, and I'm sure you will enjoy you will enjoy even more because of Blue Rose Seine. Just tell me about her. Just how special is she for you? Blue Rose Seine has been at the stable for a very long time now. As she began really her career in uh, in October of, uh, at Yarling. And um, and since then she's been uh, evolving inside uh, of the stable and physically. And she always been right and doing things uh, brilliantly since the beginning. Uh, we never had a stop. We never had a problem. She, she always been, yeah, very fair and fast learning about things. So, I just can't wait to see what she's capable of doing on on the Goodwood Challenge now. She really came to people's eyes when she won the Marcel Boussac on Arc Day in last year with a five length victory as a two year old in the Group One. She looked very special from then on, didn't she? Yeah, she is, because she's been racing throughout all the season at two-year-old and climbing the uh, the ladder of the, the races in France. And, uh, of course, uh, it was already something special when we won the Group 3 in the Prix de Mal. But it was really, really special to see her doing that kind of thing into a Group 1 such as the Marcel Boussac, which historically is uh, an important race for us. You stepped her up to the extended 10 furlongs at Chantilly in the Prida Diane, which is another group one, and she went past the other horses very easily, winning by four lengths. It was a dominant performance, and you must have been delighted that she was able to step up in trip from the mile. Exactly, but for us, as the program goes in France, the French Oaks is uh, ideally placed, so you can be able to have a runner that comes from the mile or the distance, mm-hmm. uh, such as the 2,400. So it's uh, it's a very interesting to still try at some point when you have a nice filly or a nice call for the Jockey Club uh, to try them anyway, uh, just once. And it was quite a very nice surprise that she actually can endure that kind of distance and, uh, and of course, still having the turn of foot that she goes into the mile races. Yeah. Uh, what does her jockey say about her? Because he's ridden her every race so far, hasn't he? Yeah, he's been amazed by what she's capable of doing. I mean, he really, really loves her because of the, the, the character, the personality that the filly has. She's been, you know, so calm before the races. Mm. The Pridian is pretty much something because you have uh, the parade, you have everything around, yeah. a lot of people. And um, and sometimes, you know, horses, they tend to lose their nerves before the races. So, yeah, she really got what, she, what we need to to be able to have a fair chance in Goodwood, I think. Obviously, you come from an amazing racing family. Your father, grandfather were marvellous trainers as well. I mean, what do they tell you about Goodwood? Because the track, as we know over here, 
doesn't always suit the horses. It's very undulating, as we call it, very ups and downs to it, not flat at all. How do you think she'll handle that coming from Longshot and Shanti? And indeed, she ran at Deauville as well. Well, she's quite a fast learner, and she sort of adapts to any ground now. So uh, I've been talking with my father, of course, because he got the experience of getting into the Sussex or solo. Mm. Uh, it's not it's not the same start, but it's pretty much the same the same track. So yeah. it was quite interesting, and he's been full of advice regarding it, and talked with Aura you know, a lot. So yeah, I think uh, I think things will we need to try anyway. So yeah. whatever happens, it will happen. And she's going to take on some pretty good horses. You would have thought horses like Nashua, who's been very good, Soul Sister maybe in the race. She's taking on better horses, do you think, this time around in, in, in the Nassau? I think uh, it's still a stronger field than what she sort of uh, endured for her, uh, her history. But I think it's a necessity for us to compare our horses to the ones that you have in UK or in Ireland. Mm. Uh, because at some point, it's really the... The, the events, the challenge that is important in Europe. And uh, and we always been discussing with the owner about the fact that when we have a nice horse that is capable of going on another country, we need to take that opportunity. So, yeah, it's uh, whatever happens, we're going to get to natural stakes and she will be fully prepared to have the best chance that she could get. Yeah, I'm sure she will. I mean, she's got speed on her sire side with churchill but a trip on on the dam side queen blossom was a bit more of a stayer where do you see her eventually sort of fitting in is 10 furlongs or 12 furlongs mile and a half do you think she could go that far it's funny because she's been so relaxed during the parkour in the races that you want to think that she's capable of doing anything (laughs) but at some point we will we will get the answer if we race in a race with that kind of distance to see if she has a staying capacity. Um, we we keep on keeping the same distance that we know her. I, mm-hmm. The time that she has done into the French Oaks are really impressive. So I think she will be uh, very interesting into the Nassau Stakes. And afterwards, we will see with Diana if we try on longer distance to, to get a fair idea of what she's capable of doing. And do you think she'll be a really good four-year-old as well. Do you think she'll train on? I mean, she did from two to three very well, didn't she? Exactly. She keeps on improving physically. She's taking a lot of wider and uh, she's getting some more scope. Uh, She's been impressive. And I think since she's not taking hard bites every time, it seems easy for her. So she she makes after the races and all the time. So I expect her to be a very nice four-year-old next year. Can I just ask you, about Ramatuel, who is a, the two-year-old coming up. I mean, you have such wonderful horses. She looks unbelievable, doesn't she? Yeah, she is unbelievable. And Justify looks like he is really a stallion that we can count on. Yeah. Uh, as for the speed and the precocity, it's uh, quite impressive. This Ramatuel, she's been brilliant, and uh, she's really more into a profile of a very fast horse. And uh, and I can't wait to see her into the morning because for us it's pretty much like uh, the Marcel Boussac for Blue Sen. She fits the profile for that kind of challenge. And of course, it's a possibility that we could get to the Chevrolet Park Stakes afterwards. Mm. So yeah, it's uh, it's quite interesting. Ramatura has been uh, fluent on everywhere uh, between the races, no problem, nothing. 
and uh, and thanks to to those Italians such as Churchill for Blue uh, Rosen and Justify for Ramatur. I mean, it's really Italians that you can count on, and I wish to train for. Justify had a great weekend with Ramatur and City of Troy from Aidan O'Brien. Yeah, I think it's a very interesting Italian still because we are. It's pretty much the the first ones, the first one of the first crops, so it's still very nice to see them at that kind of level of racing. And just finally, they're obviously totally different breeding, Blue Rose and Ramatur. Do you see any similarities as the two-year-old now that she is and Blue Rose was? Yeah, it's the mental. I mean, uh, as soon as you get those horses uh, early in their career, you actually see that they kick off on, on things more faster than the others. They understand how to breathe and uh, understand everything. Yeah. I mean, it's really about the pedigree. I mean, I really have the feeling from my young age and uh, my young career, the difference between the the, the pedigrees that have a, a quality and uh, and when you train them, mm. it makes things easier. And yeah, Ramatrilbo, Rosen, Big Rock, I mean, they all have uh, the mental coming with the physique and that makes everything. We wish you all the very best of luck with Blue Rose Sen at, at Glorious Goodwood. Uh, we know you'll you'll love the track. You want to bring more over because it is a lovely place to be and, and she looks so fantastic. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Yeah, real big thanks to Christopher Head for joining us on the phone last week from Chanty uh, over in Paris to talk about Blue Rose Sen and, and, and others as well. He, he seems a really level-headed guy. He's come from a, a terrific training family and picked it up really well. I know, Bill, you, you liked Blue Rose Send a couple of runs ago. You said, you know, there's a nailed-on winner here, and, and she didn't let you down then. She's winning her races so well. She takes on Nashua for the Gosdens and Holly Doyle, who came and beat Rimarki in the Falmouth, the Group 1, recently at Newmarket. The others are in there as well, but it's basically which of these two will fight it out in the finish between them and do you think when Nash was around about nine to four, two to one, the people are just going to sh- say there's a bit of value there, and she could shorten on the day? Yeah, potentially. Um, I mean, you've got a good duel here as you get on the downs between the older horse and the younger horse, and we saw it with uh, Kim Ross and Isaac Shelby on the first day, and that went to the older horse. And people might suggest that this could go to the older horse in Nashua, who was really good last time. Um, you know, you had to be yeah, pretty taken by that new market win with the uh, Marque and good fillies like Via Sestina all trailing in her wake, and she was really good. Um, but she meets something pretty special in Blue Rose End here. And you mentioned that that I was keen on her a few starts back when she won a French Guineas, and she's stepped up in trip and won a French Oaks since. That's five on the bounce, and five five on the bounce at. at Virtually the very top level, and there's three three group ones in there, um, including as you walked away with that um, pre Marcel Boussac on Arc Day. But she's just very effective on soft ground. She's got a real likable attitude. She travels well. She quickens up when asked. She's got everything you know, everything you, you would like about a filly. She's got um, handles the ground. Track all presents something a bit different, but there's no real reason to to think that she won't handle it because she's well balanced and. Um, she does everything right. Um, you know, Nashua does have good, good form, um, you know, which is praise to her strength, having won this race 12 months ago. Um, but she did, didn't meet anything of the near the quality of Blue Rose. And 
that day. And the weight allowance, you know, the three-year-old gets eight pounds from the older filly, um, which is just enough to sway it in her favour for me. Um, the others, El Hussein, progressive and improving and above the curves, just an honest yardstick. Um, but they'll all, they'll all run their races, but it looks a straight duel between the two. Um, you're currently looking at like Evans, Blue Rose and Tudor and Nashua. I totally get the value call with Nashua, but I can't really abandon Blue Rose and I just think she's really smart. On rating, she's two pounds inferior to Nashua, but she's getting eight pound pull for those two pounds. And I think that'll be enough to put in the youngsters camp. So I will go Blue Rose in to beat Nashua, but it's a race to look forward to. And, and any question at all about the, the jockey, Aurelien Lemaitre will probably never have ridden Goodwood before. Is that a, a negative taken on Holly Doll, or does the field of six sort of negate that situation? As much as he doesn't know Goodwood, he knows the filly. You know, he's yeah. ridden her every time she's won, yeah. and she's answered every, everything he's ever asked of her. Um, she's not a particularly complicated ride. Um, she's a go get him kind of girl and goes and gets it done. Mm. Um, and goes clear. It's not like she has to be produced on the line. Yeah. Um, you know, she's relatively straightforward and she answers every question. So um, I think it's just got to keep it simple. Um, get a nice position from track one. Um, you know, get, get a bit of cover and then take it on as early or late as she wants. But she's um, she's very, very good and, and they obviously get on well and look, I totally understand why the partnership stays intact. You know, he's, he's not done anything wrong to this point. So... Um, look, Goodwood will present something very different, but he'll come, he'll walk the course, of, they've got their conditions, and I think she, she's the one to beat. And his father won at Goodwood with Solo, so he's spoken to him about oh, yeah, it. He, totally. knows, he knows the game, doesn't he? They don't come over here for the fun of it. And if you look at that whole family, whenever they bring one over here, they tend to come, they tend to come back with a trophy. Okay, great stuff. So we do get our duel on the downs this week. It's on Thursday, and it's between the Phillies, and we hope, certainly I hope, that Blue Rosen just goes out there and wins that race and puts another marker down and just shows how wonderful she is. Okay, now the final four races on the card are not on ITV. And we'll spin through some of these. Uh, and then the, the 410 is a seven furlong nursery for the two year olds. Big field of 14. What did you see in this one, Bill? Yeah, I mean, this is all about grazing. I mean, she's around 94, 5 to 2. Um, and it's it's very hard to see beyond her. I mean, she's kind of seventeen pounds well in going forward, so she's off a mark of seventy three. She'll be rated ninety next week. So um, she's got loads of experience. Um, she's got bits and pieces of form that put her clear here. She handled the soft ground. Both her last few runs have been on um, on the soft stuff. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's pretty hard to see beyond her. Um, she kept on pretty well last time, so she'll stay. Um, yeah, I think she's she's going to take a fair bit of whacking. In terms of finding horses for the for, for the Cornelia, um, really hard. There'll be a fair few non-runners in here. Um, Mission to Moon is a nice horse. Uh, he's a nice colt. Whether he'll handle the ground, I'm not so sure. But um, he's he's got a mark of 81. Um, and for 160 grand purchase for King Power, you would have thought better things were expected. So I could see him running well. But the main selection would be Gray's in there. Be a big day for Jack Shannon if he could win that with the Philly in the 4.10. 4.45, it's a mile handicap, another big field, 20 in this one. Anything at a decent price you could see running well each way? Yeah, I mean, the key, Nova's ran here early in the week, so I'd be interested to see if Nova's comes out again. Isle of Jura's 
bolted up in a couple of starts and probably is still ahead of his mark. Those two will be towards the top of the market and will probably be kind of the faces of lots of people's Quinellas. Um, I could just see a horse Sky Sail running here for the Tregoling team. They like to often line one up for for Goodwood and, and, and this colt kind of ran well behind Good Gracious at Ascot um, back in July. Now, admittedly, Good Gracious didn't really um, do much of the form yesterday when only beating full home on the first day of the meeting. But um, I think Sky Sail from a nice low draw, one on rains off and ground here at Goodwood back in May. So track and track and ground shouldn't be a problem. And I just thought Sky Sail will go well from a low draw at a, at a big double figure price. Uh, back to the Phillies at 527 furlongs for Maiden with 14. Really tough for these two year olds to pick them out at this stage build. Some with uh, very little form, some actually. Coming out for the very first time, how on earth do you approach this race? Yeah, I mean, get jiggy with it will be favourite here for the Frankie and Charlie Hills team. Um, he's had the one run uh, on Rain Soft and Brown, uh, a new market where where she was a good second. Um, she's by Highland Reel. I suppose a lot depends on how bad the ground gets. Um, we don't know how good the newcomer classical song is um, for Michael Taylor's wife, Doreen Table. Um, classical song is by Lode to Vega, so on breeding should love the ground. Um, it's an expensive purse, it's cost €420,000. Um, so, classical song, watch the market for that one. Cornelia is a horse I liked. Dominic French Davis uh, was third on, on debut uh, by Night of Thunder. Um, weather that, that form's pretty smart now. If you look at Ornelia, um, the horse that won that day was Sacred Angel. It obviously went on the Princess Margaret on the weekend. So, Nelly has probably got the best piece of form on offer, finishing up a close-up um, third to Sacred Angel. But whether Amelia wants the ground all chewed up and, and like this, it remains to be seen. Really darn hot, a newcomer for Ollie Sangster, um, who is <coughs> by too darn hot, obviously, as the name kind of alludes to, and was relatively cheaply bought. We're interested to see how that one gets on. But look, I think all, all, the market will be your best guide here. Um, I think Ornelia is exciting, um, but whether it handles the ground, I'm not sure. So, trade carefully in the Phillies, maybe. And the final race on Thursday is the five furlong Whirlpool handicap. Nought to 95 for, for three year olds, 13 of them. This one looks a bit tricky. Holcomb Bay ran really well last time out. And Democracy Dilemma won. How did you see the finale on Thursday? Yeah, Holcomb Bay will be favourite. This was a close up second at Donny last time um, but on, on, on the town surface so whether um, whether that one can be as effective on um, whether he can be as effective on chewed up rain soft and ground at the end of a day I'm not so sure um, that a mark of, mark of of 80 probably underestimates him but um, he feels a bit skinny and Democracy Dilemma is one for the Quinellas bolted up last time probably still ahead of the handicap but other end handicap well, for Mark a 94, so near a top weight, so has it all to do. But Democracy Dilemma looks a solid one from a kind of Quinella point of view. Um, I do like one here at a big price, around 16. So it's another bar, the Irish Raider. Adrian Keatley is very shrewd. Where's a visor for the first time? Um, another bar. This is a horse who, if you look carefully through the form, but the five furlong form and six furlong form were very different. And this is over five furlong, so... Um, was well beaten at Hamilton last time on rain off the ground when over six furlongs and two starts back at Ripon. But the two runs around those were both over five furlongs. When um, when this um, 
Gelding won at Beverly by Beat Desert Games on or over five hours and then went to Newmarket and was a good close up third to Good Earth. Um, is now down to a mark of 83, having been 85 on those last two runs. Um, Visor on for the first time, which will sharpen him up by Mason, so the ground will be fine. Plenty of experience, probably well handicapped. Um, one on the soft before at Ripon. We'll see out the trip. Yeah, lots, lots to like. I, I thought 14 or 16 was a fair each way price about another bar. Um, so that was that was fancied in the last, and I'd probably play him in in Quinella, maybe with Democracy Dilemma and 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 find another one. I don't know what that other one is. Maybe Jam Jungle, but I like another bar, and I like Democracy Dilemma. Thanks, Bill. Good luck with your selections for Thursday at Glorious Goodwood. That's all from us for today. We'll be back in our usual Friday slot to look ahead to the weekend racing at Glorious Goodwood, so please make sure that you join us then. Don't forget to visit the City AM website for all the latest news and horse racing tips, and you can follow Bill Esdale's tips online on the City AM website all throughout Glorious Goodwood. You can follow the podcast as well on Apple Tunes, Spotify, Amazon Music and Stitcher, then you'll make sure you get the latest episodes as soon as they're released. Bye for now. 